Welcome to On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On Point, keeping you focused in the right direction. I'm here and I'm blessed to be your facilitator, Vincent T. Edwards, Mr. Speaker. Please take a moment and visit the Bishop's website at robertgrudolph.org. There you can listen to previous podcasts and also know that this podcast is available on the Apple platform. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about trouble don't last always coming from the book of Ruth. With that being said, Hello, Bishop. It's another day, a bright day. How you doing? Because I'm doing wonderful. I am doing wonderful, sir. How are you doing? Oh, like, hey, sometimes people say if I would be doing any better, I have to clone myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one, my brother. Hey, I have to clone myself. So I, I tell you today, I'm looking forward to today's topic. Trouble don't last always. What comes to my mind is what my grandmother used to say, trouble. So easy to get into, so hard to get out of. And that's when you get into it yourself. But I believe we're going to talk about that life itself brings you some things that you don't even expect sometimes. And that's what makes it hard because Job even spoke about it. Um, when you talk about a man's days, it's full of trouble. And so I'm looking forward to this, Bishop. And you can just jump right into this topic. Trouble don't last always after a prayer. Looking forward. Well, great. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given to me and that you have given to all of us just to be alive and well during this time of a pandemic. God, I thank you for this platform of the podcast to be able to get the gospel out to everyone. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. 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 Mr. Speaker, uh, we have always heard that there is trouble everywhere, trouble on the right, trouble on the left, trouble in front of us, trouble behind us. But I am coming to you with a ray of hope this morning or this, this afternoon. I'm coming to you with a ray of sunshine that trouble don't last always. No, it doesn't last always. And I want you to go with me to the book of Ruth, the first chapter. I'm going to be dealing with a particular character, biblical character on today, um, gentleman by the name of Elimelech. And he truly was a man in crisis. Ruth, the first chapter, I want to read Ruth first the first chapter, verses one through five, and somewhat talk to you about this situation. All right, but but, but let's do this. Let's do this. Let's understand uh, that Ruth was a character uh, that dealt with many things, but I want to talk to you about what led up to her meeting her Boaz. Let's do it like that. Let me preface it by saying that. Let's look at the book, book of Ruth, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5, and you'll find these words recorded. Now, it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malan and Chilion, uh, Ephrites, Ephrites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. 
And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpha, and Orpa, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malan and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Well, this is a very interesting start to what's going on uh, in the Bible right now. As we talked about the fact uh, that trouble doesn't last always. Trouble doesn't last always. But I want to let you know that when trouble comes, we have the author and the finisher of our faith. We have someone who will stand beside us in the midst of everything that we're going through. And this opens the book and opens the story. Uh, the Bible tells us that in those days, this, this particular man was of the tribe of Judah. And in those days, uh, they dwelt in the land and in the time when judges were used all throughout the earth. And the Bible says this, that he and his sons died. Now, please understand, in those days, usually the husband would take care of the wife. And if the husband died, then the sons would take care of the mother. But the Bible tells us that both the husband and the wife, or excuse me, the husband and the sons both died, which was a very powerful situation, which created the situation where Naomi had to return to Palestine with her daughter, Ruth. Now, with that being said, again, this woman was in a very serious situation. She was in a very powerful, scary situation uh, because of her role back in those days. But I want you to understand, and this is the point that I want to bring to you uh, just for this podcast on today. The point I want to bring up is that when everything is gone, sometimes we're not able to depend upon the Lord until things are gone and things are not where we think they should be. Uh, in this particular instance, not only was he in crisis because of the death, um, and, and not only was he in crisis because of what the sons had to deal with, but this gentleman basically led his family away from God, away from God's land, away from God's judgment, and he tried to find salvation from their troubles. But in the midst of what he was going through, he passed away but they were away from home. So that's the first sense of crisis, Mr. Speaker, on today. What do you do? What do you do when you have an ideal situation and everything is fine, but something turns a curve on you? That's where we are right now. Wow, that curve, that curve ball in life is something else. 
I tell you, um, you you know, it's like a like a change up in, in, in baseball. And what do you do? A lot of times you try to grasp and say, have I experienced something like this? But there are times, like you said, God puts you in a place to where you can only depend on him. And I know he thought he was doing the right thing because it was a famine and he left. But I hear you say he walked away from God. And a lot of times we do that. When things are not going our way, we say, well, how can a God like that, you know, do do something like this? And we walk away and we leave the church. Well, he, he walked away, literally walked away from it, uh, trying to find a better avenue for his family, trying to find a better way for his family. But when he walked away, he didn't know that he was going to die. This is what the Bible says. Uh, she uh, he, he died. Um, and he and, and she, Naomi, was left with her two sons. And, and that's powerful. That's very, very powerful, because at that point, the responsibility, the person who was responsible for her was now gone. Uh, I just want to tell the listeners today that sometimes and again, I, I'm repeating a little bit of what I said earlier. Sometimes what happens is when you are thrown a curveball. You are not judged based upon blaming somebody else or throwing the blame on somebody else. But you are judged by saying, well, at this point, life has given me this. What am I going to do? Life has given me this limit. What am I going to do? Life has given me a a bad night, a dark night. What am I going to do? But the Bible tells us that weeping, may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And if you read the book of Ruth, the first 22 verses in the first chapter of Ruth, it provides that particular story. But again, I'm hinging upon this right now, because when life throws you a curve, when life stops you in your tracks, when things happen, what do you do? Well, there there are a couple of things you can do. And and then I, I'm going to uh, move on for questions, if there are any questions. Uh, first and foremost, when life gives you a curve, what do you do? Well, you have to stop and take control of the situation. That's exactly it. You stop. All right. There's a lot of things happening, a lot of problems happening, a lot of uh, questions happening. But what am I going to do? I'm going to stop and I'm going to take control of this. I am a child of God. That's what I do, Mr. Speaker. I'm a child of God. And he did not put this to me unless he knew that I was going to come through it and get through it. So you have to take control of the situation. The devil will not um, have victory over the situation. The devil will not stop me from doing what I'm supposed to do in this situation. I am going to stand still. I am going to see the salvation of the Lord. So you have to take control of the situation. And then the second thing you have to do, and this is what Naomi had to do. Not only did she have to take control, but guess what? She had to trust and depend on God. All right. You're big and bad. You're grown. And uh, you say, well, I I can handle this. Okay, life is giving me a lemon, but I can handle this. I'm going to make lemonade. Well, you have to trust and depend on God in order uh, to make a sweet situation out of a bitter one. Who are you going to trust? You can't trust in yourself because you're a human being and humans 
uh, are made, quite frankly, and we fail. But when you trust in God, it doesn't matter if you fail you, if it, it doesn't matter if your health fails you, it doesn't matter if situations fail you, it doesn't even matter if friends fail you. If you trust in God, you have to rest in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will take care of your needs. You have to trust in him. God, I'm trusting in you. And then the last thing is that you have to depend on him. You cannot depend on the weather. You cannot depend upon people. You cannot even depend upon your family in many situations. You can't depend on other church members. You have to put your total dependence, your total dependence, you have to totally lean upon the Lord. And if you do that, he will open up a way. He will allow you to see light at the end of the tunnel. But you have to take control of the situation and then you have to trust and depend on him. I totally concur with that, Bishop, especially with the first step. Stop and take control because a lot of times when things happen, people fear. They get afraid and they do that fight or flight syndrome. And most of the time they run away. And even in battle in the army, they say, don't panic. Don't panic, because if you panic, you'll die. And I love that in trusting and depending on God and trusting him. That's what the scriptures say. Trust in the Lord with all that heart and lean not to your own understanding. And I think our own thinking gets us in trouble a lot of times, Bishop, when we get a curveball thrown at us. Yes, sir. Exactly. But you can make it. You can do it. You can pick yourself up. You can dust yourself off. You can hold your chest out. You can hold your head up. Because you can make it. You got the King of Kings. You got the Lord of Lords on your side. You can make it and you have to take control of the situation you have to trust and depend upon god like you've never depended upon him before and he will make a way out of no way you might be in trouble now but i promise you trouble don't last always especially in situations where life gives you a curveball as a bishop pastor, a leader of men and women, even in the secular realm. Bishop, from your experience and your interactions with others, what makes people not stop and take control? What makes people run? What is it that hinders us when we've seen God do it in the past, panic in the, in the present situation? Brother, it's a four-letter word, and it's called fear. F-E-A-R. Fear. Even though you have been through it before, even though it has happened before and God got you out of it, guess what? There is a thing called fear that attacks the human heart. And that's why if we don't take control initially, we will be pushed by fear. We will be hurt by fear. Well, we don't want to fear. We do not want to fear. And so when God says, I got you. I, I got your back. You just have to trust and depend upon him like you've done again and again. Keep on trusting. Keep on depending. And he will allow good things to happen. But it's a thing called fear that stops us. It, it grips our hearts. And then before we even realize, hey, God's got this. It's going to be all right. It's called fear. 
Most definitely, I agree. And one of the things I teach all the time is that you can become paralyzed by fear and it'll keep you stagnant and not doing anything rather than assessing the situation. At this time, I'd like to open up the floor. Is there anyone that has a question for the bishop today regarding trouble don't last always? Well, looks like there are no questions today, Bishop. I know this is part one of a three-part series, and we've dealt with verses one through five. You want to summarize and give us a glimpse of what's to come. Well, we all know that there are three people uh, in this story, uh, or several people in this story, but the three that I want to put emphasis upon is the gentleman that uh, that we took notice of in verses one through five. And then the next person we're going to talk about next week will be Naomi and how she had to deal with the situation. And then we move on to Ruth and the Boaz situation. So it's going to be very powerful to understand that this was a period of time that trouble happened, not just initially, but trouble kept on happening. And and when you read that, when you read the first chapter of Ruth, you will notice that it wasn't just a one hit situation. It happened and then something else happened and then something else happened. It was like a domino effect. This happened, which created another situation. But as the situations come to us, the God that we serve, he still is able to part waters and make ways in the desert. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in this series of trouble don't last always. It started off a troublesome situation, but I guarantee you that before long, it will end the way that God intended. So trouble don't last always, children, as my grandmother would say. Trouble don't last always. You can make it. You can do it. It might start off as a troublesome situation, but it will be all right in the morning. Praise God, Bishop. I want to thank you for the teaching on today, and we're going to get ready to close out here today. I want to thank everybody for listening to today's broadcast. Trouble don't last always. And tune in next week for part two of the three-part series. Check out the website, robertgrudolph.org. Listen to previous episodes and also share this podcast with your friends, family, and neighbors so that they can be blessed as well. This is your facilitator, Mr. Speaker, closing it out. Remember, on point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On point, keeping you focused in the right direction. Can I get a witness? I'm so glad.